You're listening to Weekend Joe, driven by Munganat St. Louis Acura here on ClabesOnline.com. The fun and games start after this. Last month, St. Louis Acura was the top-selling Acura dealer for new and certified Acuras in the Midwest. To celebrate, we're giving you some unprecedented offers. Get the 2021 TLX with 0% financing for up to 60 months and 2500 in loyalty conquest offers. Or get the all-new 2022 Acura MDX with 1.9% financing for up to 60 months and 1000 in loyalty conquest offers. St. Louis Acura, committed to becoming better than ever for you. just got more entertaining it's weekend joe on claims online driven by munganast st louis acura hear from some of the big names in st louis and national sports every weekend and now here's joe roderick and me i'm andy hanselman It's another edition of Weekend Joe, driven by Munganas St. Louis, Acura Munganas Alton Toyota, right here on ClabesOnline.com. As we, uh, hey, we welcome you into the month of April. I'm Joe Roderick. He's Andy Hanselman. Hello, Andy. Uh, hi, Joe. It's my last day of the show. Oh, April Fools! Ha, April Fools! I had, I, I had, uh, I had a friend of mine today. Uh, you, you know him well. Um, also. We, we're not going to give we're not going to give names or initials or anything like that. But he he texted me this morning telling me that he had gotten into a car accident, and I uh, I texted him back, you know, asking if any of his uh, children were in the car with him and asking if he was okay. And and then he at, told me that he needed uh, he was like, hey, uh, you know, his wife's at work. Would you be able to come get me at the hospital? And before I typed in where and when. I, I said, is this a joke? I said, April Fool's. And he said, I wish. And I wrote, oh, okay. I said, where, what hospital, where at? And then the, per- then the person even sent me a picture of a car accident. And then I called and then that's when he said April Fool's. And I told him, I said, you can't say April Fool's after I already called you out on it. Right. Like I, I got it. I called you out on it. You can't do that. Like, that's not the how rules. the game's played. Yeah. yeah. And I said, also, let the record show that I am such a good friend that I asked which hospital you needed to be picked up at and at what time. Exactly. Yeah, you you did the right thing, Joe. Yep. Yeah. So it, it, it really, like, I get the points for that. He doesn't get any points for the joke. I get the points for being a damn good friend, ready to drop everything to uh, to go see what kind of help he needed. Well, well, you are a shithead on many, many different levels. Yeah, I'm a huge uh, asshole. Yes. <laughs> You are a good friend. You, you are you are very concerned about others' well-being from time to time. There, there is that, nothing like I. I don't think I have ever once when somebody has said like, "Oh yeah, you're kind of an asshole." Like I've never once been like, "No, I'm not." Like, no, not. yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, your point. It's uh. Joy, anyway, I, uh, no, it, it's been a long ass day for me because. Um, I, I got up and, uh, you know, did my normal routine in the morning working out. But today, Andy, we started, we started, uh, not one Andy, not two, but three new things on clabesonline.com. Oh my God. Yeah. Three new things. Wow. So the first one, the first one I'll bring up because it doesn't involve me. 
is uh, <laughs> Klaibs' new podcast that he's going to do each and every week with the head of research uh, for MLB Network, Keith Costas. So they are going to do a new, uh, they're going to do a new, new podcast each and every week, talking baseball. And then we have, Andy, we, we dropped a new newsletter today. Yes. That we're going to do twice a week. Not my email box, Joe. What? It's not my email box. Uh, have you subscribed to it? No. Well then, well, then it's not going to go to your email box. How do you subscribe, Joe? Well, go to go to Twitter. Go to at Joe Rotter. Go to Twitter, and it's right there. It tells you how to do it. It, it. it it tells you. I've tweeted it out a few times now, and you can see how to find the Claves Online News. We're using a web a website called Substack. Okay. That I've been seeing a lot of uh, writer friends of mine that they've they've been using. Uh, friends of mine that have been laid off during the pandemic from whatever websites they were writing to, they've gone to Substack. And I guess there is an option to do paid subscriptions for this. And obviously we're, we're doing it, you know, for free. We have, we have sponsors here on the websites, uh, Munganass, St. Louis Acura, of course, the uh, sponsor here of this show, of, of the newsletter and the podcast. I'm very excited about each and every weekday. Uh, Rammer, Bob Ramsey and I are doing a podcast where we will be talking baseball. Andy, it's like 10, 15 minutes long. So it's something you just hit play on and you, you, you hear baseball talk from uh, one of the, one of the, you know, best baseball talkers in St. Louis, Bob Ramsey. I was able to, uh, to rope him into it, uh, doing it this year. Yeah, that, uh, that would be a fantastic listen uh, every morning if you are a huge, huge Cardinals fan. So uh, I'm glad that Rammer decided to uh, to hop on uh, the uh, Klaibs online uh, train, if you will. Well, he he and Klaibs are, are I, I, you know, they both have said it on a few occasions. I mean, they're best friends with each other as far as being in the business here in St. Louis and sure. known each other for 35 years. So I think, you know, convincing Rammer to do anything involved with Klaibs was a very easy sell on, uh, on my part. But that's brought to you each and every day by Royal Banks of Missouri and Munganass St. Louis Acura. Hey, I do want to mention uh, Munganass St. Louis Acura. Now that Claves is back and we are, uh, so we will be back to doing some shows, some lunch shows in the showrooms of the Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota. Uh, we'll, we'll, we should be back there coming up in just a, a few weeks. But I, I tell you what, uh, when we go to the St. Louis Acura showroom in the month of May, I am very much looking forward to seeing one of those uh, 2022 Acura MDXs that they will have there on, uh, that they will have there in the uh, lot, in the showroom. I, I am so looking forward to that. And Andy, I got a few, I got some trips coming up. <clears throat> I got some trips coming up now that baseball season started. I, I know that it's Alton Toyota that rents out the cars. I might ask Jamie, if I could just drive one of the MDXs up to Chicago for a weekend. Oh, I'm sure they'll let you borrow a, <clears throat> borrow a, uh, a demo. I'm going to ask. I, I'm, I'm going to ask. I, you know, you, you can't be told no if you, if you don't ask, right? That's right. Or just steal one and ask for forgiveness. Joe. Nope. No, 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 no. I value my relationship with Munganass St. Louis Acura being a sponsor of mine for two years now. And I will not do anything to, uh, to ruin that. So I, I, I am telling you, it's like, it, it really is, you know, I know that around St. Louis, I know that there, you know, there's a buzz in the air. Baseball is back. It's a real opening day. Andy, we're recording this just minutes after the uh, the Cardinals won their season opener uh, by a score of eleven to six over the over the Reds, and I, I'm telling you, man, I 
just having baseball back and the fans being in the crowd for that. Like I, yesterday I bought tickets to a uh, rooftop game at Wrigley for Cubs and uh, Cubs and Cardinals in June. Oh, cool. Yeah. So like just buying, like buying tickets to a game yesterday, I have never been more excited to do that in my life than than what I I did yesterday. I bet I'm ready to buy some tickets too. It's yeah. It's a, I know, you know, the Cardinals are doing it a little differently. They, you know, they have with uh, their, you know, they're, they're, I mean, well, all the teams are actually right now because I'm looking to, I'm looking at going to a white Sox, the white Sox Cardinal games in, in may, I want to go up there to it. And I, I do want to go as a fan to those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't know if they're going to, because I also don't know if media is going to be allowed in, in the, the locker rooms by then. Sure. So, you know, if I can go up there and I can get tickets to a game, I'm, I'd rather go sit in the crowd and watch that. If I'm not going to have access to actually go talk to players so that, and then um, June in Colorado. So I've been looking at single game tickets and how they're rolling it out. And it does seem, you know, now looking at, I guess, four or five different teams around baseball and how they're doing it, that everybody has kind of rolled out the single game tickets for April. And then they're kind of going to wait and see. And we're, we're going to play that game. So that's, uh, that's kind of how the rollout's going. I am fascinated by what, it's going to look like for the Texas Rangers when they have their home opener coming up uh, next week. Yeah, they're gonna they're along a full stadium in, aren't they? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I, I I did you watch any other games around baseball? Did you flip around or did you just kind of focus on the Cardinals today? I just kind of focus on the Cardinals. I really and I really only had that on the background at work. Right. Yeah. You know, three o'clock game. It's a Thursday. I, I get it. And, but so I was this, this morning, or I guess this afternoon, I was watching the, uh, I was watching a lot of the Yankees and Blue Jays game. And first of all, the Blue Jays road uniforms are so sweet. They really are like the the blue, they're going back to like the blue that they had back in the day. Mm -hmm. Oh God. It's a good looking uniform. Is it like the one one from the late nineties? Yeah. With Padres across the chest. Yep. Nice. So the, the Blue Jays, Blue Jays. Sorry, yeah, Blue Jays, yeah. yeah. Pod, Padres are also, they've kind of gone back a little bit, but it's not, there. it's a different, it's a, I guess they pay like homage to the uh, throwback, you know? Gotcha. So you have that. And so watching that and listening to that game, they're talking, I mean, they're, they're talking with the Yankees game that in order to get into Yankee Stadium today, you either needed to provide a negative COVID test mm-hmm. or provide vaccination. Uh, proof of vaccination your cdc card yes yeah so you needed one of those two to get into the stadium today and they were taking they were still doing temperature checks oh joe i think you're still gonna need your that that card they give you is gonna be a key part of your identification moving forward for for the next year or so yeah absolutely yeah so you had so you had that and then uh, you know watching but seeing still how empty the stands were right it's just, it's crazy. And then I, I was watching, I saw a few highlights from the Tigers Indians game. We'll get to that in a second. Um, I, I saw, I watched a lot of the Pirates Cubs game and the early parts of it because, first of all, too, I, I was very um, intrigued to hear John Shambi, Boog Shambi on the call for the Cubs because he's the new play by play guy for the marquee network. 
Okay. So that I was, I, I was, you know, wanted to hear that because now it just sounds like Sunday night baseball, but it's the Cubs game and right. he's, you know, but he gets one team to focus on all year long and he's already an entertaining guy, friend of the show that I'm, you know, it's, it's really, you know, it's, it's cool to have a very talented broadcaster calling NL central games and a guy that you can flip onto. Like I'm, I'm very much looking forward tonight to listening to Len Casper on the call for the White Sox game. As soon as we're done with this, Andy, I'm, I'm going, I'm turning on more baseball today. Right. I, that's, that's what I'm doing. Well, it's that so, time of year, Joe. Yeah. So I, I'm just, you know, going through and watching all that and seeing the empty stadiums. So seeing the Rangers stadium be completely at capacity next week. Yeah. It's going to be mind blowing. You know, Joe, I've, I've, I've heard that state and, and Texas in particular uh, states that have lifted their mask mandates, and I'm not trying to be, make a political statement here at all or anything. I'm just saying that they're saying that, they're, that their COVID rates are like at the rock bottom that they've ever been. Low, lowest they've ever been? That's, you see, yeah. that's, and that's crazy. Again, I, we are not going, before people fast no. forward no, no, and no, no, look no, no, ahead. No. By the way, Kevin Goldstein um, from formerly of Baseball Prospectus, then he went to the front office of the Astros, now with Fangraphs. We are going to have him on the show coming up. And then we talk Reds with Bobby Nightingale Jr. So that's, and, and then at the end, I, I'm very excited about this coming up at the end. Uh, instead of crack slippers, yep. Brian Hoffman's going to jump on with us. And Andy, you're going to kind of act as the host of uh, Brian and I giving a review of the movie Godzilla vs. Kong. Oh, yeah. Standing Young producer Brian Huffman. Yeah. Which, again, you could look at the graphic. It's Easter colors. Yep. With Godzilla and Kong right there in the middle. It so is I, one of my it is one of my most I am so proud of the work that I have done with the graphic this week for the show. Did I tell you that my cousin copied your idea? Really? Yes. He's doing the exact same thing with his podcast. With the graphic or with the timestamps? With the timestamps and a graphic. It, well, that's, you know, okay, so the graphic thing, whatever. I mean, but I, I will I'll, I'll fully admit it. I stole the uh, the timestamp idea from, um, pardon my take. So, oh, it's, okay. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's very, there's very little original about the, the show itself. Every, my work, my complete work is just borrowed little bits of pieces of here and there. It's something we can get into at some point as right. to where it all possibly came from. And I, I could tell you where every little bit of it came from. So, you know, just little bits of borrowed stuff here and there. Um, so where was, oh, so it's funny you mentioned that they, the rates are so low because I have a, a friend of mine who she is going to be doing the um, half Ironman down in Texas, which is in two weeks. And they just had to cancel the full Ironman race in Texas. It's the same same weekend, um, but the only difference is part of the bike course. So it's right. a the, the full iron. It's a hundred and twelve mile bike ride. Part of the hundred and twelve miles is go goes through some county in Texas that has strict restrictions still in place, and they will not allow a bicycle race to happen through their town. Huh. So they have to, they are just going, they just canceled the entire full. They're only running the half. Yeah. So I guess while the governor lifted the, the, the statewide mask mandate, that mayors are still, uh, mayors and other local officials can still impose their own mask mandates as needed. Yeah. So it's again, but the, I mean, the Rangers are letting 100%. I haven't seen what the Astros are, uh, are what they're possibly doing. 
So that was uh, that that wasn't one I had seen yet. So we mentioned um, earlier today. So we mentioned in the in the show, and I don't. If you watch the game today, you probably realize maybe you didn't, maybe you weren't paying any attention at all. But it's no longer Fox Sports Midwest. No, it's now Joe. Bally Sports Midwest. I saw the cat. Jimmy the Cat Hayes changed his Twitter handle and lost his blue check mark because yeah, he, he sure changed did. his name. It's <laughs> <laughs> so dumb that they do that. That's pretty dumb. So Joe, I, didn't, I didn't get to watch. I mean, I watched a little bit of it, but I wasn't paying real close attention. Uh, did they introduce a lot of the betting elements that they thought that they were going to? I did not see. I, I did. I cannot recall hearing Danny Mac uh, mention any kind of betting elements during the game. If if he did, he worked them in so nicely that I did not notice they were a part of the uh, broadcast. Okay, which is likely he's uh, he's that good of a guy. So. Yeah. So I don't. I don't have an answer to uh, to that. So like it's all do- all over the place. All over the place. You have had you've had Fox Sports Midwest or Fox Sports whatever turn into Bally Sports. Right. Whatever. So I guess the Indians, or I guess the Cleveland baseball team, I'm sorry. Um, now are, they there, the, are they the Cleveland baseball team this year? I think they are just, I, I think they are the Cleveland Indians this year. Uh-huh. But I don't think they are going, I don't think you will see the word Indians on their jersey. I don't think you'll see, I think they've taken all references to the name Indians off, but they are still known as the Indians this year. I think they have said they are working to get away from it and they are going to, they aren't going to allow headdresses or face paint into the stadium. And I, uh, they're, they got rid of chief Wahoo a few years ago. So I think they are doing what they can to eliminate the, uh, the word Indians from so according the, to Wikipedia, the uniform, the home uniform and the regular, uh, and the alternate home uniform say Indians across the chest. The, well, away this, uniforms the, game, the game today definitely said Cleveland across the chest. And it was in Cleveland? No, this game was in Detroit. Okay. Well, that game, uh, that is their away uniform. It was Cleveland across the chest. Okay. So I don't know what they're planning for Yeah, home. we'll see what happens on their... Uh, on exactly. Their, uh, yeah. So anyway, Andy, after the game, I guess they do a post-game show on the Bally Sports Ohio? Yep. And I have never heard of this gentleman before. His name is Bruce Drennan. Have you heard of him? I have not. 70-year-old guy. Used to call Indian games. Used to call Cavalier games. Um, has has worked in sports talk. I mean, it, it basically, he, he seems to be kind of like the original sports voice in the town of Cleveland. You know, think okay. of who that might be in, in St. Louis, and that's that's who it is. Well, I guess he does a show on whatever, I guess it was Sports Time Ohio, but now is Bally Sports Great Lakes. And they had a post-game show, Andy, where they take live callers on a, in a, on a TV show. Right. On a TV show. And um, th- this unfortunate occurrence happened during the post-game show today. The good pitches down the middle, he won't swing at, but the ball's down around his ankles. He hits the shortstop into a double play. This has been going on for two years. Right. Uh, I guess you missed a lot of the games that Ray has hit in the clutch last year, huh? 
No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're an no, idiot. No. You're an idiot and you don't know baseball. I'm you're not the, an idiot. No, you are an idiot. Listen, no, you're going to tell me you are judging. You don't know anything. You don't know squat, you stupid idiot. You're going to tell me you're going to make a judgment on the season after one game in 30-degree weather that proves what an ignoramus you are. Get off our show, fair weather idiot. <laughs> Joe, the only thing worse than a uh, than a radio caller is a television caller. <laughs> he got so mad at him. Fair weather, idiot. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yes, 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 yes. yes. That that little back and forth spat right there, Andy. I am going to be checking out that guy and seeing what his show is like on a regular basis because I hope that happens often. He, he kind of looks like a, a little bit of a younger version of, of Jay Randolph Sr. a little bit. I see a little Jay Sr. in him. Do you? Yeah. He did, but he's obviously not as not as not as nice as Jay Sr. No, I don't think I don't think uh, Jay Seniors ever called anyone a fair weather idiot on uh, at least you know when when you know when the mics are hot, right? So I don't I don't think that's ever happened. Joe, and kind of and I when I was I cut up this audio for you and 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 it reminded me of of the time that Tony Larusa went 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 batshit on all the uh, reporters and 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 walked out of the uh, uh, post game press conference. Joe, it's pretty much the 10-year anniversary of that. Oh, okay. what's that? Play it. All right, here we go. Well, look at the calendar for one thing. It's the first week of the season. Second, I look at the talent we have and you know, just do things. I, I repeat, it's the first week of the season. <laughs> Everybody wants to get off to a good start, whether it's the team or individuals, but it's the first week of the season. What happened? Like we were at ten games over five hundred, finished second place. I mean, you're going to pick and choose what you like and don't like about our club. You know, there were a lot of offensive stats compared very well in the league. Look at those. So, what happened? Like, you know, we ended up with a winning streak, didn't we? I mean, I think it's just depend on your frame of frame of reference. And you know, I always have a problem with that. I mean, you should look at the whole thing. Last year's club had a had a good, better than average offensive year didn't have a great offensive year so and this is a brand new year so we'll see what happens for everybody listening out there i mean <laughs> you think i'm being unreasonable it's the first week of the season i mean you guys i don't understand this now you're going to tell me who are you going to tell me you're going to tell me that yadier doesn't drive in big runs you're going to tell me albert can't hit you're going to tell me the second baseman shortstops haven't hit david freeze you don't think he's going to hit you think Matt's going to hit? You think Kobe's going to hit? You think Berkman's going to hit? The answer is no to all those things. I mean, you, you get me. Is that what you accomplish your goal three, four times? You ask, so I get excited and get upset. I mean, that's not fair. It really isn't. Kobe didn't hit that year, Joe. It was 2011. They did. They did win a World Series, but, but Kobe didn't hit. Well, I. I mean, he just keeps working himself up more and more as that goes on. It's been a while since I've heard that. Yeah, so I cut. I, I cut all the other like reporter questions out of it. I just kind of just talked about him, talking about being the first week of the season. Oh, I, I thought he just kept going and going. Oh, I, it's been so no, long no, it was, I, I couldn't no, I remember. Cut it up a little bit, but it was. But what 
I, I want you to know that I didn't touch the volume on any of that, <laughs> that it just got progressively louder and louder and louder as it went along because he was really, and you could see it in his eyes, just how upset he was getting about it. That's yeah. You, I mean, every time he answered a question, it just progressively got more heated. Correct. Jeez. That's yeah. That's a good one. He start. I mean, they they have their debut tonight. So that's that's the one. The White Sox and uh, I think it's Angels. I think they're playing in Los Angeles. Yeah, that's a, a nine o'clock start time. Are they going to have Tony TV after the game? I don't well, know I sure how they. So. Uh, so that's that's not a Bally Sports. That is NBC Sports. Is what uh, is what the White Sox are on. Okay, so they're on, they're on the Comcast network up there. Yes, gotcha. I don't. God, I, it's gonna be. It'd be real tough for me to stay up till midnight. Well, just I'm sure they'll. I'm sure that they'll have his uh, his post game comments on on the YouTube tomorrow morning for you. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Sweaty and just he's you know got himself worked up into a you know just soak. Uh, just over a tizzy after the first game of the season, his first game he's managed in 10 years. Yeah. So. 76-year-old Tony LaRusso? Is that where we're at now? About Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I guess it's very, very exciting to, uh, to have that. Uh, it's, it's now we're, we're in the month of April. This month is going to fly by, Andy, as uh, we have – so we have baseball starting now. Final four is – next weekend or this weekend this saturday weekend. and monday yes yeah, saturday and monday final four i hope i hope we get gonzaga baylor because we we didn't get it during the regular season so hopefully all everything aligns and we get it in the finals for, yeah i hope uh, so too. I, I i think i'm pretty sure that uh that gonzaga is going to just kick the crap out of ucla i by i mean the the <laughs> their hourglass there has to run out at some point right so that I, I hope we get that, and then right into that. I mean, you go straight from that on Monday straight into the Masters next weekend. So it'll be a uh, it's it's you know such a quick turnaround from November to April for the Masters. Yeah, it's you know it's uh, NCAA tournament uh, Monday is always the uh, always the uh, the first day of the uh, of the Masters week. There you go. There you go. Uh, you it's get a your... tradition unlike any other. The Georgia Pines. And... Ben Hogan and Gene Sarah's in the shot heard around the world. What is the rule this year for patrons? Uh, patrons are allowed on the grounds. Uh, just a f they're saying it's going to be very similar to November, just with a few more fans or a few more patrons. Do they? They? Do they have patrons in uh, November? They had a handful of like family members could come in. Okay, and and, and check it all out. Okay. So what? No, there's it, a there's a website out there. Yeah. That is selling a master's food pack. So like pimento cheese sandwiches. That's correct. It's on it's on uh, fanatics.com. I've never had a pimento cheese sandwich. Oh, uh, are you? Do you go to Sam's or where do you go? I go to Sam's. Yeah. Or Walmart. Sam's. Yeah, Walmart. Yeah. They have uh, the Pauly's Island pimento cheese there. Okay. And it's delicious. You just slap it between two pieces of white bread? That's correct. How much? How much of a dollop of that cheese am I putting on? I see probably, I don't know. 
couple ounces, two ounces, three ounces. Okay. So anyway, there's a Masters food pack. Taste of the Masters 2021. And what comes in your pack is uh, a one pound of pimento cheese. Uh-huh. One pound of egg salad. Oh, yeah. They have the egg salad sandwiches. All wrapped in that green paper. Green paper. Yep. One and a half pounds of barbecue. Eight bags of potato chips. Ooh. Six chocolate chip cookies. Okay. Six bags of pecan caramel popcorn. Mm-hmm. And 25 Masters Cups with tournament logo. 25? And, and serving paper with the tournament logo. That's nice. How much? How much does that run? Bread is not included in the package. Joe, give me a guess what you think it costs. Got it. There. I mean, so what's funny is if you go to the Masters, I've never been there, but they it's, they show the prices every year. Like the egg salad sandwich or the pimento cheese sandwich are pretty cheap, right? Like, it's like it's a like, $1.50. I was going to say, like under like two bucks. So it's $1.50. Yeah. But if they're shipping it to you and they're doing this to make some money off of it, Andy, I'm north of a hundred dollars. It is north of a hundred dollars. North of two hundred dollars. No, it's not north of two hundred. It's right smack seventy nine. It's right smack dab in the middle, Joe. One fifty. Okay. God, I mean the twenty five cups is where they get you. Absolutely, but what? I mean, that's those are some of the greatest souvenirs ever. Why do you need twenty five cups? Well, because I think they've given you enough food. Or five people. So you put five, you give each person in your party five cups. That way you can can stack the cups like you would at the Masters while you drink your beer out of them. Um, I mean, so yeah, I I don't know. That that sounds. Joe and I I, did, I found this out this year because I read an article. uh, I think it was like 37 things that you don't know about the Masters, which I think I pretty much know everything there is to know about the Masters. Uh huh. Uh, there's no name brands, Joe. Right. Uh, they have cola, and they have Diet Cola, and they have uh, uh, American Light Lager. Okay. Or American, uh, or American wheat-filtered beer, which is Blue Moon. and But the soda is Coca-Cola, because it is, you know, it is Georgia. It's, it's Coca-Cola country. I mean, you know what? That's not a bad idea, because if they happen to lose a contract on something, you'll never know. You know yeah, you don't know anything. Right. And they're so, you know, they keep everything so close to the vest that nobody's finding out any of that stuff. So the other so, big food thing too is Dustin Johnson. He he get he's going to uh, decide what the uh, what the players are going to eat the night before, right? That's correct. So on April sixth, which is uh, that's uh, next uh, Thursday. Why is the next? Why is the dinner on Thursday? I don't know. Anyway, that's the date on the invitation, Joe. I'm looking at the invite right now. Okay. They invite all the past Masters champions to come gather in their green jackets, and they also allow the the chairman, uh, who is Fred Ridley, will join them for dinner as well. Uh, and at the Masters uh, at the Augusta National Golf Club clubhouse. By the way, it's Tuesday is the dinner. It's April sixth. April sixth is looking. I'm looking at my calendar right now. It's Thursday. No, Andy, it's Tuesday. Oh, it's Tuesday. I was looking at May sixth. Yeah, I'm an idiot. Because I yeah. thought it was still March. It's, yeah, Andy, uh, April April sixth is my birthday, Andy, and uh, that's uh, I, I know Tuesday. what day it is. Yeah, it's Tuesday for sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I found out that as a uh, as a past champion, you do not have to eat what the champion is serving. You can order off the menu. Right. But but really, at Augusta National, there is no menu. 
you just tell the waiter what you want to eat. Okay. And they'll, they'll whip hey, it up for you, huh? I want a grilled cheese or I want a club sandwich or I want a steak sandwich, whatever. Uh, Dustin uh, has serving a, uh, a five course meal. Your appetizer, so Joe, this is so are basic. Pigs in a blanket and lob with uh, with pigs in a blanket and lobster and corn fritters. That's, that's a good way to start. Boy, remember those corn fritters from Anthony, who still owes you money? Mm-hmm. Just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> those are pretty good. Uh, first course, uh, house salad or a Caesar. Where do you go on that? Do you go house or Caesar? I need to know what the house dressing is. Oh, if I don't, if I, if it's a, if it's a, like a balsamic vinaigrette on the house salad, I'm going to go with that Caesar. If you tell like, me you got a, if you tell me you got a house ranch or a house French, something like that, I'll, I'll go, I'll go, I'll give it a try, but house, I've never had a house French. I think I have got like, it's yeah. One, like a creamy sauce, something like that. If you, if you could tell me if it's not like a vinaigrette, uh, wine, oil-based type thing. I'm going to go with the, I'll, if it's a ranch, I'll go with the ranch, the house ranch. Joe, are you familiar with Mayfair dressing? No, never heard of it. Mayfair dressing is like a combination of blue cheese and Caesar dressing. <sighs> it's blue cheese with the anchovy base. It's pretty good. However, it's an acquired taste. Yeah, it sounds like it. But I, again, I need to know what the dressing is before I make my uh, salad decision. I'm a Caesar guy, by the way. Yeah. Unless they have Mayfair dressing. Uh, Family-style sides, Joe. Mashed potatoes and spring vegetables. Good. It's really that's really white boy basic. It is. It's basic. Yeah, it's, there's nothing exciting about that. Yeah. Okay. Main Go course, filet <clears throat> mignon and miso marinated sea bass. Okay. Where are you going on that one? Oh, I'm going to the steak. You can, if you offer me steak, I'm going steak. You, you never pass up free steak. Is that your rule? Yes, you never ever pass up free steak. I don't know. Miso marinated sea bass sounds pretty good. No, that you're gonna sit there, you're gonna eat it no matter how delicious that sea bass is. You are going to sit there and regret that you didn't get the steak. Mm. Do you put horseradish on the steak? Nothing. Nothing goes on the steak. A little salt, just put a little salt and pepper. No salt. I don't. I I could not tell you the last time I've put salt on food. Do you don't season it before you cook it? I, I'm talking about like you get your meal no, there. No, no. Like, I'm talking about as you're no no like as he's cooking, just have it se- have it seasoned. Oh yeah, something like that. Yeah, Eddie. Yeah, th- that's fine. I'm ta- I thought you were talking about like you put like see like I could not tell you the last time like I've had a plate put in front of me and I've said oh where's the salt? Yeah, no, you don't need that. And then for uh for dessert, Joe, uh, peach cobbler and apple pie with vanilla ice cream. Okay. Both, yes. Yeah, bring, I'll take bring both. Me, bring me one of each with a scoop of ice cream on top. Yep, I like I like both of those things. Yeah, that's just too so basic. I wonder. I don't think Paulina had much input on this menu, or Wayne, because I could see Dustin Johnson being a simp with food. Just what doing whatever they tell him to do. Yeah, yes. or just not knowing what's good. It's not. It's not the greatest. It's yeah, it's not the greatest. Uh, I wonder if it's been realized like what the uh, what the greatest Masters champion menu was. I'm sure you go back in time and look at what some of those uh, were. Best so champions yeah, <clears throat> menu. So you're going to go right from that next weekend. You have uh, not only do you have the Masters weekend next weekend, Andy, is you can uh, you can take the music down for yeah. uh, for that. Uh, that's also WrestleMania week next week. And I say week, I emphasize week because it really is one night after another of wrestling. 
And for the first time, they are going to have uh, live wrestling. They're going to have WrestleMania in front of a live crowd next weekend. So they will have uh, they will have that on the 10th and the 11th at Raymond James Stadium. And very much looking forward to that. I know Marisek and I are going to do a WrestleMania preview show. I'm going to reach out and see if Brian Stahl wants to jump on with us uh, as well for that. So that will be what uh, what we have coming up on tap for uh, for you next uh next week and andy you know what like we're recording this at night we, we record this on thursday nights <clears throat> i don't know what we're gonna have to do coming up in a few weeks because coming up towards the end of april andy um i will be starting to uh i'm gonna be starting to uh be play some thursday night softball oh wow yeah when <laughs> i have i'm gonna have a tuesday night golf league joe we might have to do this on uh, on wednesday evenings or, I mean, Thursday afternoon, maybe, maybe. Man, I, I doubt it. Okay. You, you wouldn't be able to hit, you wouldn't be able to pull that off. Probably not. Ah, maybe right. we'll make maybe, it work. Maybe if there's something really important going on that we have to wait for it to end. Yeah. Maybe, but otherwise I'm just, yeah, that ain't happening. Or I just don't sleep and we do it late on Thursday nights. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't know. We'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it is my last show no no <laughs> no 10 p.m recordings for you no i'm i'm good i'm I good i mean i either. could i guess i mean i i guess i could get, get a little sauced that might be kind of fun yeah i mean i i could do it from the cars i'm driving home from softball and then we could uh or driving to softball and you can record it and then let us just sound fantastic well i'm sure it would <laughs> Hey, with the, with with how well like stuff sounds on Zoom and everything after this past year, it really, I mean, it really would sound probably good. I think stuff on Zoom sounds fantastic. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like if you did it over the phone like that, I don't think it would sound uh, that bad at all. Yeah, I don't know. We'll Again, see. not something that we want to do. Not <laughs> we, we were. I definitely am not planning on doing something like that or you know making a you know making a drastic uh, you know decision such as that hey go to stlouisacura.com stlouisacura.com it is the uh, the nation's only 29 time acura precision team winner where you can shop from home with the st louis acura expressway you shop from home hey they'll bring the car to you they'll bring the car to your house for that test drive and uh, they'll also appraise your trade-in right there at your home as well. They will uh, they'll do that for you right there at your house. You do not have to go to the showroom, but if you want to, it's at 13720 Manchester Road in St. Louis. Uh, so you uh, you can check it out either way at stlouisacura.com, the title sponsor here of Weekend Joe. Uh, we have Kevin Goldstein coming up next. We will talk baseball with him. Get kind of an inside look. He's uh, He's been in the front office of the Houston Astros for the past few years. So get an idea of what that looks like from an analytic standpoint. And then uh, also, too, uh, some some interesting news and notes. If you watch the Cardinal game today, I wrote about it in the Claves Online newsletter. <clears throat> it's a, a very interesting way of looking at the way pitching will be evaluated in 2021 with the, uh, with the Major League Baseball, with the Major League teams. And then uh, Bobby Nightingale Jr. talking Reds, a little series preview. And, hey, nothing drastic happened today that's going to really ruin our series preview. And then Brian Hoffman jumps on with us at the end instead of Crack Slippers, previewing the movie Godzilla vs. Kong. Very, very interesting. Uh, very uh, much looking forward 
to uh, talking that over with Brian Hoffman. This is Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota, here on ClabesOnline.com. You're listening to Weekend Joe, now on ClabesOnline.com, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, also sponsored by the Collinsville Auto Body. Collinsville Auto Body, 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. Sponsor of, uh, well, my many shows on many different platforms for about 10 years now. Collinsville Auto Body, they'll work with most insurance providers to get you back on the road fast. That's 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville. Collinsville Auto Body. <laughs> And welcome back into Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura here on ClabesOnline.com as we uh, get started. Baseball opening weekend. And uh, I wanted to have this guy on last week, but we uh, we had to change things up due to our tribute to Bobby Plager. And luckily enough, we're able to reschedule him for this week. From Fangraphs, he is Kevin Goldstein. He joins us now. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm, I'm good. You know, we were just talking before... We uh, we hit record here. You, uh, you you've just made your way back into the writing world of uh, of baseball. I remember back when I started doing St. Louis radio over 11 years ago. I I had you on a few times when I was doing evenings in St. Louis because I, I enjoyed hearing you do stuff for the score. Back then, you were with Baseball Prospectus and ESPN. And then you took a little hiatus to go work for the uh, for the Houston Astros. <laughs> so it's uh, it's uh, wonderful to have you back on and, and be able to talk baseball with you. It's it's good to be back. I'm having a lot of fun. I, I was in the shadows for about a decade, and I'm back out of them and, and having a great time. <laughs> so I I mean, what what were some things? I mean, what was the biggest thing that you've taken away from your time actually working in the front office and doing uh doing the scouting and everything you were doing with the Astros? Uh, I, I think you see a lot about kind of how the sausage is made and it, it can be really eye-opening in terms of, of what really goes into trade and free agent talks. Like it could be really eye-opening to see just how many darn people it takes to, to, to keep a baseball team moving, if you will, just to keep the, the, the gears turning. It's, it's a remarkable operation that takes a, a lot of people pulling in various directions, um, all the management, all the people um you know what what it takes for player development you're talking about a staff of literally hundreds of people all the way from the dominican to the big leagues working on making players better it's just the the amount of work it all takes i I think was was one of the more eye-opening things and you i mean coming from uh, working and we see this so much now that people go from working with websites and the analytics side of, of websites and teams are now bringing them into the front office and seeing the value uh, of those guys making that jump originally when you first did I, what was what was that like to be thrown into that 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 corporate environment it was weird yeah it was it was it was definitely a weird adjustment you know i'm someone who hasn't had um like a job that i've where i've had to wake up and go to an office since years began with a one so it, it's it's it was definitely a little bit different um you know and i think it was it was I remember, you know, I, I started in September of 2012 and, and I was working there for less than 24 hours. And um, next thing I knew, I was on a phone call talking about, you know, the Oakland A's want Jed Lowry, who are some players in the Oakland system you're interested in. And it just became, is this really my job? Am I really doing this? Uh, you know, and, and we ended up, that was a trade where we got, you know, Max Stassi, Chris Carter and Brad Peacock turned out pretty well, I thought. And, um, 
and all of a sudden it was like, oh, this is this is really what I do. And so, I, you know, it, it took a while just to kind of get that going and realize this is real. And then, I mean, to put that, I mean, I, I got to imagine just going from sitting down and looking up the info and writing about it to actually then putting it f- towards making making just one team better. <laughs> you're not, you know, you're not going around just looking at all 30. Now it's like, okay, I'm only focused on this team. I, that's I, that just the the difference that had to be. Yeah, no, you go, it was like quickly, it was from 24 hours, I went from being a jerk on Twitter about baseball players to, you know, being a jerk with a team about baseball players that are actually making decisions off this. And so, yeah, it's it's, it's quite the adjustment. <laughs> so I, when you went to the Astros, they, you know, that's, that they were struggling. You know, there was, there were some rough times early on. And then to to see it built up the the way that it was, when you go in there, what is that first, I guess, what's, what's on the agenda there to, go from bottom to top uh yeah i mean they were awful i mean it was awful for a few years it wasn't fun um you know there were nobody was in the stands um it's tough to deal with mentally uh but you you know you feel good about the process and and what you're doing to try to get better and 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 kind of what's coming up and 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 drafting right and developing minor leaguers right and doing well on the international market and you know, you, you see it's coming and you just have to be patient. And, you know, if you're smart, some days you, you avoid the big league team and, and see how the minor league kids are doing. You know, I always remember uh, being at a game. I think this was 2013, you know, off to another hundred loss season. It's like a Wednesday afternoon game. There's maybe uh, honestly 2000 people there. I mean, I'm sure the attendance announced was much higher. It felt like there were 2000 people. And there was cavernous. And it was like a six to three game and nothing was going on. The pitcher was off the mound rubbing the baseball and, and David Stearns. Now the, the GM of the Brewers was the assistant general manager at the time. Just leaned into me goes on days like this. I, I kind of just watched the mascot all day, you know, because you die, you know, you just need to get some point. You need a mental break from those kind of losses. It's a tough thing to take. And it's something you need to you know, exercise some self-care really and, and i think the key is to be patient and and feel good that you know what's coming without trying to rush what's coming so from the analytics side that you from what you originally covered to then actually putting that towards a team was was there one stat was there one area that you realized was the most important to kind of look at and focus at with uh, when it came to player development I, I think, it, you know, it, it started this way and it really is still this way, just in terms of the really advanced stuff and, and kind of all the stat cast data and, and, and things like TrackMan and Hawkeye. Um, we were and we still are way ahead on our ability to use that data in reference to pitchers as opposed to hitters. Um, that data is incredibly important as far as analyzing pitchers, but also using it as a development tool where you can show them what their shapes need to be and, and, and where their pitches need to be. And, and you can use that data to, to develop better uh, pitching plans, even as far as just usage patterns and location and things like that. We've always been way ahead of pitchers, but like really just where we've gone over the last decade has absolutely blown me away in terms of pitch data uh, and, and what we can do with it as an industry. And with that, I mean, you know, the the one thing that always jumps out with that, and I, I mean, correct me if if there's more to it, but I mean, the velocity of a of a pitcher, and when you just see some of these guys coming in, and you know, a guy that used to be throwing 98 regularly, and now all of a sudden it's 94, and you just kind of look and you go, what what the hell's happening here? And you know that, and then you know, I'll I'll get to the hitting later with the velocity, but. Is that, I mean, is that something that jumps out at you or is there another stat or something that we're looking at deeper? 
I mean, no, it, it does sound simplistic, but it, it doesn't have to be. Baseball has really evolved into such a power game. It is a power game on both sides of it. And I mean, you're right. The average velocity on a fastball is up, you know, almost four miles an hour in the last 10 years. And, you know, I remember a decade ago, uh, you know, going to, you know, a Midwest league game here in Illinois and, and some reliever would come and he'd throw 94 and all the scouts would sit up and say, who is this guy? And now if a reliever at a college game comes in, he's throwing 94, you yawn, you know, and, and it's just, we, we, we've kind of altered how we see velocity. And if you're not getting into the mid nineties, it's like, well, fastball is just okay. And, and, and that's really changed. It used to be like getting into the nineties would, would be a good thing. And it's gone to the point where like mid nineties is really, is really where you need to be, to be plus. And, and that, and look, I mean, it's, it's like any sport, you know, um, players have gotten bigger and stronger. Go look at the roster of a 1960s NBA championship team and they will look tiny. Go look at the roster of, uh, you know, one of the first Super Bowl winners. A friend sent me this the other day. It was, I believe it was the, one of the first Packers teams that won a Super Bowl. And their offensive linemen were all like 6'3", 230, you know, and it just the athletes as a whole in every sport are bigger and stronger. High school kids run as fast as Jesse Owens did at the 36 Olympics. And it's just something we have to address to it. And, and the, the total output in baseball is unfortunately for in some ways less action because it leads to more strikeouts and more home runs. And that's I mean, I'm looking back and I saw today a kid locally here that's that's highly recruited for football. I think he's six seven, three sixty seven. So much. And one of the top linemen coming out of high school. And I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, I was in high school, you know, less than twenty years ago. If there was a kid walking around our high school that was six seven, three six, like that, that just wasn't a thing back then. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I, I mean, that's just an enormous eighteen year old kid <laughs> yeah and it's, it's interesting I mean, it's, it's it's people think of oh baseball players are oh those that's the normal size sport that's the sport where normal size right. people do and i always remember it, it always stuck struck me it was one of you know my very first times i was actually traveling with my team with the team um and it was you know standard thing you get out of the hotel get on the bus to go to the stadium and i, and I had my wife with me and we were sitting there and, and and then the players started getting on and my wife leaned into me and she said they're all so big i said yeah they are big these are large athletic men these are not normal size people and then, I mean, well, then you, you know, you spent all those years working with Jose Altuve <laughs> and then you kind of wonder. <laughs> I, the thing is, Jose Altuve, <laughs> despite being short, is not a normal sized person. That, that that dude's absolutely ripped. You know, if you ever see him, it, he's, he's absolutely, he's unbelievably strong. <laughs> so I mean, with the, the velocity too, with the hitting, let's, let's talk about the Cardinals a little bit this year. And one of the big stories this season has just been the, the massive decline. I mean, you know, this is over the past few years, the massive decline of Matt Carpenter, who is going to start the year on the bench. And, you know, there's 18 million reasons why he made the roster for, for the season, but you still, you look at some of those spring training stats and he had two hits all of spring training. That's, that's not good, but you're seeing some of the exit velocity being over hundred miles an hour, which kind of tells you he's hitting the ball hard he just cannot figure out how to hit it anywhere, but right where the defense knows it's going. Yeah. I mean, he definitely scuffled this spring. I, I, I try not to look at spring training statistics. And I think the fact that he's hitting a ball hard is a good thing. You know, I'd, I'd far rather measure how many hard hit balls he had than how many hits he had. I think that would be a more accurate representation of his ability, but you know, Matt Carpenter, like you said, has been a guy in decline and he is a player who has, you know, the term I've always used, even though it's a little insulting is, is old player skills. You know, these guys who are, aren't especially athletic don't, and, and, and really 
their game revolves around power and walks. That's what they do. Um, and they, and those players tend to age poorly. Those players tend to decline steeply. You know, we could always, you know, point at exceptions like, like Nelson Cruz uh, and David Ortiz, but more than not, those players age like Mo Vaughn and, you know, who was done by his early thirties. Those guys tend not to have long extended careers and, and Carpenter kind of, uh, you know, possibly falls into that group, but you know, we'll see what happens. Like I said, I don't like looking at spring stats. I, I don't, you know, players are trying different things. They're messing around. Um, let's worry about what happens when the game start, but uh, you know, he deserves a roster spot at least. Even when it's just, I mean, you know, two hits and one of those came on the very last, his very last at bat. I mean, you still don't even look at something care. like that. Don't care. How and with I mean with strikeouts and that is that I mean is that something you're looking at too if they're striking out in spring or how, how, what what stats are jumping out at you? Yeah, I mean you do, I think you do look a little bit at, at strikeouts. I think you know it's more these underlying metrics really that you know the the stats. It's such a small sample that you can't really glean anything from it. And, and there's all sorts of bad and good batted ball luck in play when you get those tiny little you know samples of of thirty forty at bats. I think. Uh, some of the underlying metrics that are now publicly available, which I think is really exciting. A lot of the stat cast stuff where you can see what this guy's doing. You can see what's happening in zones. You can see what's happening swing and miss wise. You can see what, if he's chasing or not, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I think is far more telling about what a player looks like this spring. And, 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 and you can see if the stats are kind of this small sample outlier, or if it's something to really be concerned about. I, I know I'm very much looking forward to uh, what the lineup will be that Mike Schilt comes out with to start the season using the analytics and using what uh, I guess a modern day lineup looks like. How would you build that Cardinal starting eight? I'll be honest with you. Like, it, 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 Are you talking about in terms of batting order? Yeah. Yeah. The, the yeah order, I don't yeah. think it matters. Like I'll be honest with you. Like it, it's, it's, it's not a big deal. You know, it's, it's, uh, you, you live in a world where, Honestly, you could throw a dart and then and the, the the way it would move the needle in terms of runs isn't that great. You know, your leadoff guy only leads off once a game, you know, and it's good to kind of have your best hitters at the top just so they have more at bats, you know, and, and they're more like, but that's it. Like the, 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 the needle on a batting order, I'm, I'm, I think it's, it's up to the manager to be very in tune with players comfort, you know, and, and to, to, to make a specific example. George Springer is not a traditional leadoff hitter. George Springer can hit 30 plus home runs a year. He runs well, but doesn't like to steal bases. It's not a traditional leadoff man. George Springer was very comfortable and really liked batting leadoff. And so AJ Hinch always hit him leadoff, even though on some sort of you know, traditional logical measure, measure would make far more sense to bat him you know, third or fourth. And so I think it's important for, for the manager to be in tune with his players and where their comfort level is. And I'd rather have him putting them in a batting order that fits that as opposed to some sort of traditional baseball logic because the, the run value of that traditional baseball logic is it's honestly pretty minimal. That's, I, I mean, I, I, I've always, I get the, you know, the only lead off one inning aspect of it, but yeah, the comfort level in that and building that is not something I've, I've really put into, you know, thought with that. I, I kind of look at it with this year, you know, Dylan Carlson was hitting cleanup last year in the playoffs and he very well, you know, come Thursday, he might be hitting seventh in that order. And there's nothing that he has done. He hasn't struggled in spring or anything, but just to have, you know, go from being cleaned up to seventh, it, it just seems odd to me when I, I look at that and I go, you know what, hit him lead off, you know, have, have the young kid start every game and get him on base for Arenado and Goldschmidt and go from there. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's, it's a product of you know, like, obviously the, the the Cardinals made a huge acquisition uh, with Arenado, um, you know, and also he was hitting cleanup because that was really out of necessity, and the roster yeah. looks different right now. And 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 I think you'd rather see if he can get some comfort in a a lower pressure role in, in the you know somewhere in the in the bottom third of the lineup as opposed to kind of throwing them to the wolves as you will, even though they were kind of forced to to do in the postseason last year. With uh, you know, last year odd year 60 games we we saw so many pitchers you know we, I mean you, you saw the pitching numbers the innings were way down for obvious reasons and who knows how much work all these guys got in the offseason compared to regular years how do you see pitching throughout all of major league baseball how do you see managers using their rotations and their bullpens how do you see that's it's going to be fascinating to me how we, we see this kind of played out and how managers are going to use those rotations and those bullpens this uh especially in April I think it's going to be a nightmare for teams to to, to manage and to and to handle I think 2021 uh, overall the the single biggest storyline is going to be injuries and injury management I think there are going to there's going to be a team that way exceeds everyone's expectation it's not because they were better than expected it's simply because they were way healthier than expected and that will be enough to make them a far better team and I think there'll be a team that you know teams that people in general have high hopes for that does not do well because they have tons of injuries um you know I talked to a general manager last week about what you just mentioned and and he, uh, he the word he used was terrified he's absolutely terrified as to as to what's going to happen and how they're going to manage it I think you're going to see very few pitchers making what we, you know, what we, what we count on as a starting pitcher this time. You think you see very few guys doing the 33 starts, 180 innings. I think that's going to be what well, we will need less than one hand to, to, to handle that kind of thing. And so you're going to see a lot of workload management. You're going to see at times teams going to six starters. You're going to see at times some teams possibly doing piggyback type of games where it's, uh, here's our two guys. We got Jones and Smith. We hope to get six or seven out of them combined. And I think you're going to see a lot of um, phantom DL stuff where he's not hurt, but we just want him to skip a couple starts to keep him fresh for the second half of the season. And I think you're going to see some things like that as well as, as teams think a lot about, uh, you know, to use a term that's become very hip in the NBA, workload management, you know, and load management. You know, I think that's going to become a, a big issue for baseball. Or, I mean, really just kind of manipulating the taxi squad and seeing what they can get away with. You know, it's a 26-man roster, but essentially it, it's more, you know, it's 30 players, really. It is. And I, and I think you'll see real quick, I, you know, teams at the end of the day, when we all go to baseball reference and review the 2021 season, uh, I think we might be shocked at how many pitchers take them out and, and how many pitchers start. I think most teams are, you know, assuming they will need somewhere between, you know, 10 and 12 starters at some point during the year. And that's where, you know, the Cardinals have a guy like Alex Reyes, who for years, I mean, the, the potential and the waiting for him to be this next superstar is coming. And now they said, you know, he's not going to start this year. Maybe he'll start in 2022, but they're going to have him around 150 innings this year. How, you know, how do you get there with, with a guy like Alex Reyes? And it could be a lot of those, the piggybacking that you, you talked about and, and throwing him, making sure he throws every third, fourth day and, you know, putting him out there two, three innings. Yeah. And, and, and absolutely. I think, I think teams have, have really, if you look at how rosters, you know, we're approaching opening day and you're starting to get a real good picture of, of how rosters are being constructed and teams are very focused on these, these, these bulk relievers um, guys who, when my starter goes four, can get us to the seventh, not a guy I'm giving an inning or a pocket to a guy I'm, I'm going to be depending on, 
for seven, 10, maybe even 12 outs. And I think those bulk relievers, you know, we're, we're going to see, we talked about, we're not going to see starters with 33 starts and 180 innings. We're going to see relievers with over a hundred innings. You know, these guys doing this kind of bulk work, like we're talking about with Reyes. You're uh, I want to get your thoughts. I always like when, uh, when, when we, when we can talk about this and I don't know your answer to this, um, your, your thoughts on the DH being universal. I'm, I, I am not a, a, I don't over romanticize the history of baseball. Um, and I'm fine with it. I think the DH should be universal. I think hit watching pitchers hit is boring. I think yep. it's bad for the game. Uh, I think, <laughs> I, I think it's bad for pitchers health, uh, which is a, an issue we just talked about. It was bad for pitchers health before, you know, we got into 20 and 2020 and 2021 and the problems they're in. Um, I'm, I'm all for a universal DH. I think they should do it to my, I think they should do it this year, but obviously there's, you know, 8 million weird labor negotiation issues why they haven't. Um, but I, I, I'm all for a universal DH. I think it'd be good for the game. Yeah, I really don't get how they just, uh, I mean, how they have it one year and then completely just drop it the next year. It just, it doesn't, that doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't, it makes no sense to me at all. It doesn't. And, and, you know, there, there were other things, you know, that I liked about, you know, some of the things that got put in last year. I, I actually, I'm the one guy who likes the 10th inning rule. I like the guy on second base. Um, you know, I think, I think it makes for a more exciting game. And so uh, I think it's good to experiment. I think it's good to make the game better, but the, I think the DH being universal is something that's been a, a long time coming and we'll, you know, it's, it's, it's weird, like you said, and I think we're absolutely lined up to have a permanent universal DH next year after the next CBA gets negotiated. So you're back with, uh, you're with fan graphs now. What, uh, what kind of stuff can we look forward to seeing from you? I'm excited about the season starting, you know, analyzing the games, analyzing the players, doing evaluations, and also kind of continuing some of the stuff I've done just to kind of let people know how front offices really work and talk about, you know, come trade deadline, how trades really work and, and how teams really prepare for the draft and then how teams really prepare for an off season and how teams really evaluate players and trying to just expose some of this, how the sausage is made stuff to the, to the readers, which uh, I think they've really enjoyed so far. That's awesome. I look forward to reading it and uh, hopefully we can get you, get you back on soon too. Oh, happy to join you. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for having me on. That was a really fun segment with Kevin Goldstein of Fangraphs joining us here on ClabesOnline.com. It's weekend, Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota. Hey, we're also sponsored by the Inskip Law Firm. Find them online at InskipLaw.com or give them a call. 314-818-0344. That's 314-818-0344. Honest, affordable, legal service. There with Corey Inskip, I-N-S-K-I-P. He does uh, estate planning. Um, he has the workers' comp cases and any of the uh, the wills, the trust, power of attorney, all of that stuff, Corey Inskip can handle for you. You can prepare for your future and get assistance after a loved one's passing by working with the uh, help of a qualified estate planning attorney such as Corey Inskip at the Inskip Law Firm. Again, his website, I N. SKIPlaw.com or give them a call 314-818-0344. Take a break when we come back. Bobby Nightingale Jr. of the Cincinnati Inquirer. He'll talk about the Reds, the Cardinals weekend opponent that they have already beaten once, 11-6 on Thursday. But we'll find out more about the National League Central foe right here on Weekend Joe. Driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura on ClabesOnline.com. Weekend Joe, sponsored by Glory Pro Wrestling. Hey, they have their first show in St. Louis in over a year. 
coming up in just a few weeks. April 17th, it is the Battle on Broadway. The South Broadway Athletic Club hosting Glory Pro Wrestling. Again, it is April 17th, the uh, bell time at 7 p.m. Yeah, night show, a Saturday night show for Glory Pro Wrestling at South Broadway. The main event, Jake Something versus A.J. Gray. The crown of glory championship is on the line. A.J. Gray has had it for over a year now. Can Jake Something get back what used to be his? You also have Dan the Dad. You have Warhorse. You have Myron Reed. It's a loaded card there with all of your St. Louis favorites with Glory Pro Wrestling. Again, their first show in over a year. It's April 17th at the South Broadway Athletic Club. Make plans to be there. Back here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganat St. Louis Acura here on ClabesOnline.com. Opening day was Thursday, and we, uh, well, we still got two games left this weekend for the uh, in Cincinnati. So to talk over the season and talk over the uh, the Cardinals opponent for this weekend, we welcome Bobby Nightingale Jr. of the Cincinnati Inquirer onto the show. Bobby, what's going on, man? Doing great. Glad baseball season is back. I, 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 yeah, you, you speak for a lot of people. I, you know, this opening series is so intriguing to me because I'll just come out and ask, what is the identity of the 2021 Cincinnati Reds? You know, it's funny. I was thinking about that and I almost think it has to be hitting. And it's funny because they were last, they were, they had the worst batting average. Uh, they hit, they hit 212 and still made the playoffs, but if, if they're going to go far, I mean, it has to be there. They moved Eugenio Suarez to shortstop. He hasn't played the position in six years, and that's kind of the biggest this defense matter move that we've seen in a while. Uh, but they're basically selling out for offense, and they're going to take a step back pitching. They lost some guys in free agency. They trade some people because uh, they wanted to cut payroll. So it's up to the offense. If the offense hits, they can go far. If it doesn't, if it performs like it did last year, they're probably a fourth place team. What was what did ownership tell say to the fan base when when they cut payroll? Because in two thousand twenty. The Reds and the White Sox were by far the two teams that won the offseason. And just to have that go one year and then it appeared they started selling off, how did they sell that to the fans? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they really sold it at all. It just kind of it happened, and this is the new reality. It's just, you know, the, they built up for last year. If it was a 162-game season, I think they were built for a marathon, that type of roster, that type of team. Uh, but, you know, got no money at the gates, got no fans. Uh, obviously, they were hoping there'd be increased fans because if they had a good season, made the playoffs, they expected in September, they're going to sell a lot more tickets. Uh, so I, I think they were just sold it as we don't know what's going to happen in 2021 with the 30% capacity, how long they have to keep that in place uh, in terms of their budget and everything. And they wanted to save some money for down the road in, in case this is the reality for throughout the season. Hopefully it's not. Uh, but it's definitely a weaker roster than it was at the end of last season. Yeah. And, and that roster still, I mean, the, the, the leader in that clubhouse is going to be Joey Votto. I would, you know, and I had, so this is the first time in a while I've done fantasy baseball this, uh, this year and had our draft on Monday. And afterwards, one of the guys in the league texted me and he said, I've been doing fantasy baseball for years I've never, he goes, I can't, this has to be the first year that Joey Votto wasn't drafted by anybody in, in the league. Is, does that speak to maybe the depth at first base in all of baseball or is Joey Votto finally starting to fall off? 
Yeah, he definitely took a step, huge step back in 2020. Uh, he got benched for three games in August. I think that was the first time in his career he's ever been benched for performance-related reasons. Uh, but he made a good adjustment after that. He had a good September. It, it, it's, I think this season, in terms of fantasy baseball, as you mentioned, like those categories, like home runs, RBIs, th this is going to be a better season for him. He, I think he hit 20, 25 or 27 homers uh, between 2018 and 2019 combined, which for a first baseman, that's way too low. Uh, you know, you, ha you have to provide some power there. So he he's going to he's going to hit for more power this season. I think I'd probably set the over under at 25 homers just based off the way he he changed his swing. He's changed his approach. He's not going to be as selective. Uh, his on base percentage might go down. He's been the on base king for so long. Uh, but I think in the modern game and the shifts in that left handers have to face, I, I think it's almost like he's adapting to the modern modern game where, OK, I'm going to hit homers. I have to hit the ball over the infield and. Uh, trying to do more damage because if pitchers don't fear he's going to hit homers, there's no reason to walk him. And I, I think he realized that at the end of last year. He always seemed like one of those guys too, that would adapt. I mean, here in St. Louis, I mean, Matt Carpenter is a guy that just never seemed to be able to adapt to that. And he's going to start the season on the bench as, as the left-handed bat. It always seemed like Joey Votto was a guy who he would see what the defense was throwing out there to him and he would be able to, uh, to overcome it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, like that mid 2010s, you know, 2017, he almost won MVP. He was great at adapting at that point when the league was just starting to shift into the way it is now. But now the way everyone throws breaking balls so often. Uh, Left-handers are getting squeezed. I mean, there's a guy in shallow right field that basically has never been there before in baseball history uh, with the way teams shift now. So I, I think it's just in terms of, I think he watched a lot of video like Cody Bellinger, um, he said he watched Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna, some of those guys, and just saw their swings and said, okay, those are the guys that are doing damage. Why aren't I doing it? Why can't I do enough damage? And so I think he made an adjustment that way in terms of I have to approach this differently with the launch angle, with the exit velocity, those need to go up uh, because the way he was hitting, it just wasn't sustainable. I mean, he was still going to have a high on base percentage, but it, it doesn't help him if he's on first base and he needs two hits, at least two hits to score. Uh, just because he's older and doesn't have the speed, you know, to get her, to score from first base. God, I just looked it up too. I he's 37 years old. I I thought he was younger than me. Like I, I still thought like he's uh, he's been around forever, but he's you know th he's probably 33, 34 years old. He's 37. Has he talked about retirement? Yeah, I mean, he's mentioned it a few times, especially a couple of years when he struggled. I mean, I think he's a guy he, he mentioned. I mean, he's like I, I'd rather retire than struggle this way. Uh, for the rest of my career. I think he still has three years left on his contract. Um, so, I mean, th I think there's internal pressure on himself saying, I, I still have to prove that I can't work this contract. I can still hit in the middle of the order. I don't think he wants to turn into a guy that's platooning, uh, only faces right-handed hitters, only plays three days a week. I don't think he wants to be that guy. So it, I think there's a lot of personal pride on the line for him in terms of, I got to have a great season. I got to prove to myself that I can still have success in the, at the big league level in today's age. And on top of that, I mean, you know, here, here at St. Louis, Wainwright and Yachty are both guys that it looks like they might be able to play their entire career with the Cardinals. Is that something that's important to Votto as well? Yeah, I've never heard him mention that he, he would be open to playing elsewhere. I mean, obviously, he survived the worst of what this franchise went through during, uh, you know, he was, he was at his peak, he was in his prime, and, and the team was rebuilt. So I think he, he survived that, and I almost think he's happy he did because now it's you know the team's better he has better players around him the pitching staff is a lot better than it was 
uh, five years ago. So I think in his eyes, it's almost like I've been here so long. I would love to win with this team. He's mentioned multiple times, like he would love them to win a playoff series so he can buy a drink of a round of drinks at a bar nearby Great American Ballpark just for the fans. But I, I think it's something to him where it's like I've been here so long. I, I want it to be kind of my legacy if I can see a winning playoff series, get a World Series in. The uh, you, you mentioned the better pitching staff. I the the one two the top one two. It's a good one two. Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo. Uh, what's wh- where's the where's the peak? What's the sky's the limit for Luis Castillo? What kind of pitcher do you think he can be? I, I think he can win a Cy Young. I, I really do. I think his fastball and his changeup, great combination. That's really what he survived on uh, through his big league career so far. He's been developing a slider, but it's just a matter of. It's like he, he's so close, but he's never just consistent enough. Uh, and I'm sure like Jack Flaherty is kind of the same way where it's like you, you can see the potential in so many starts. They have stretches where they just dominate for months, uh, but it's just a matter of can they do it for an entire season? Um, and I, I think he, as he gets older, I think he's understanding himself better, what works, what doesn't. Uh, but to me, it's like every team in the National League Central has seen this changeup, but every hitter knows it's coming and they still can't hit it. And, and not many pitchers have a pitch that, they can just throw it as often as they want to and still have the success that he does with it. So I, I put him in that small category of Cy Young contenders if everything went right and he stayed healthy. I, yeah, he's, he's a guy that I, I hate seeing when he's uh, when, when he's set up to, to face the Cardinals for a, uh, for a three game series. He's one name that you always hope that you, uh, you miss out on the, uh, the recent trend, the recent, uh, the, the big boom in baseball has been the two way players. Cincinnati has one of those guys, which, uh, how much of Lorenzen are we going to see hitting this year? Yeah, he'll be in the rotation. So he's going to start the season on the injured list. Uh, but when he's back, I mean, I think obviously when he's starting games, he'll, he'll be in the lineup. Uh, but the day so he's, after, he's one of the starting five for the team this year. Correct. And then the, he's excited about it because it's like the day after he pitches and the day before, I think the team will say he can't do anything. But those other two days, I mean, he's he's a bench player. He can play the outfield, he can pinch run, pinch hit. I, I think he's excited about all the opportunities that kind of happen with being a starter. Have they gone – what's the reason for the day after, for not being able to hit the day after a start? I feel like that'd be better than, you know, two days before a start. Yeah, I think it's almost just recovery-wise. You know, say he throws 90 or 100 pitches just to keep his shoulder from not – not saying he couldn't pinch hit in his, you know, extra innings or something, but I think the Reds are almost approaching it as – Let's protect his arm on those two days. And then the two days in between, um, he, he can do anything he wants. So I, I'm trying to think around baseball. So you have Lorenzen, you have Otani. Who else is out there that those, that's those two-way guys that we uh, – because I, I got to imagine, I mean, if you had at Bush Stadium, if you had a two-way player, if you had a guy coming out of the bullpen that was also being able to pinch hit and hit bombs, I, the crowd has got to get up for that and be excited to see that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's something that Reds fans – have seen it a lot and they're kind of used to it now. Cause it's like, he, he has, I think around 10 career homers, something like that. But I, I think he's the best athlete in baseball. I mean, he uses a pinch runner. He throws a hundred miles an hour. I think he's the best defensive center fielder on the team. Uh, I mean, that's what he played in college. He was a team USA center fielder. So he, he's one of those guys. I mean, it's there's nothing he can't do. Um, and as long as he's having success pitching, I don't see why the Reds wouldn't give him more opportunities. And uh, especially now that we're back in national league rules, Last year, I think he was a little upset that the DH was there and there was less opportunities. Um, but now, now he's kind of got his freedom back. 
The uh, so I have seen some of the predictions out there that have the Reds finishing above the Cardinals. I, that I mean, first off, I still and maybe you're with me on this. I don't understand the love the Brewers are getting for this uh, to go into the season because maybe it's just the homer in me. But with you know with the Goldschmidt and Arenado and and Flaherty at the top of the rotation. I, I don't see how teams are picking against the Cardinals. Tell me why some people or some experts are picking the Reds to finish second over the Cardinals. I guess they would have to see see the lineup producing like they thought it would last year. I mean, on paper, it's a great lineup. I mean, you have, um, you know, Jesse Winker. He's a guy who has a 400 on base percentage, capable of hitting 25 homers at the top of the lineup. You have Nick Castellanos. If Joey Votto returns to form, Mike Moustakis, Eugenio Suarez, um, you know, now that he's moved to shortstop, he could be one of the first guys to hit 45 plus homers as a shortstop in a long time. So Nick Senzel was a top prospect. They, they, they have the bats on paper to do it. It just last year they didn't. And, um, you know, guys like Nick Castellanos will play in the 60 game season. Say that was a big reason they struggled was the team got off to a slow start. They started pressing. Then they look up and their, their stats aren't very good. And there's 10 games left in the season. So they're, they're very confident that they'll be able to hit over 162 games and that'll improve. The pitching, um, you know, it's a bigger question mark than it was last year, but it's still been a strength since they got pitching coach Derek Johnson from the Brewers. Uh, but seeing the Brewers in spring training, I, I, I do have them as high as the Cardinals, maybe higher. Um, I, I just think in my head, I think if they have a lead after the seventh inning, you have Devin Williams and Josh Hader in the back. To me, that's a guaranteed win. So really it's only a seven inning game for them when those two are available. Um, and then adding, you know, Colton Wong. I, I love watching Colton Wong play. I think that was a great addition. Jackie Bradley Jr. Um, and Lorenzo Kane in the same outfield is, is a great defensive team too. I like Keston Hira. So I, I, I like the, I'm really high on the Brewers after seeing them this spring. You, you mentioned the Brewers closers. Uh, Amir Garrett, is he set to be the Reds closer? Uh, is, does he have that uh, ninth inning role to start the year? They, they haven't committed to him completely. They said they'll, they'll definitely do him and Lucas Sims to start the season. Maybe Sean Doolittle uh, will get a couple opportunities here and there too. Uh, but I, the way Amir Garrett came in this spring, like in his head, he told himself, I'm the closer this year. This is what I'm setting out to do. And he struck out 10 of the 13 guys he faced this spring. So to me, it's almost like if he's that motivated, if he's that dedicated to being the closer, I, I think over time, I think that's going to be his position and his alone. I, uh, I look forward to a full 162 game season to see how it, uh, see how it plays out this year, Bobby. I appreciate you jumping on and giving us some time to talk about the team. Yeah, anytime. Should be a fun division, at least uh, wide open. Absolutely. Thank you. Bobby Nightingale Jr. of the Cincinnati Inquirer joining us here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura. Also, hey, we are also sponsored by Collinsville Auto Body. 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville is where you can find the folks at Collinsville Auto Body, a uh, family that I have known for over two decades now and a company that I have had do work on uh, a few of my cars. Uh, any dings, dents, big accidents, uh, you know, deer, anything major that happens to your car, Council Autobody, they will take care of it, and they will get you back on the road fast. 911 North Bluff Road in Collinsville is where you can find my, uh, my sponsor, Collinsville Autobody. We take a break. When we come back, it's not crack slippers this week. No, we're, we're, we're taking a week off of doing crack slippers. It is movie review time with Brian Hoffman of the uh, of the press box on 590 The Fan. <clears throat> we are going to talk with him 
about the movie Godzilla vs. Kong. I am excited to talk about this movie with you coming up next right here on Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura here on ClabesOnline.com. The Inskip Law Firm wants you to know that whether you need a will or trust, long-term care planning for a loved one, a special needs trust, or more, that you've come to the right place with them. Maybe you don't know what you need. At the Inskip Law Firm, they explain everything that you need to know, and they answer every question. And their process is easy, straightforward, and understandable. There's no preparation necessary and nothing to bring. Their services are customized to suit your unique needs and wishes, and they will work with you to uncomplicate the complicated. The Inskip Law Firm prides themselves on responsiveness and quick turnaround. You'll always know the fees up front and always receive a personalized plan that reflects your own unique needs. You can call now to set up a COVID-safe in-person or virtual consultation at 314-818-0344 or find them online at inskiplaw.com. The following segment contains spoilers on the new cinematic thriller Godzilla vs. Kong. So if you are wanting to watch Godzilla vs. Kong and not be spoiled about the exciting ending of the movie, do not listen to this next segment. Welcome back into Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota. Andy, what's that? I, I don't, I, I can't tell what rejoin music you're you're going with for this. It's the Werenberg Theater song. Ah, we're talking about movies. We are talking about movies. That's right. Hey, it's Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, Munganass Alton Toyota here on ClavesOnline.com. If you're planning that summer road trip. Let Munganass Alton Toyota help you out. Hey, they will rent you a uh, a car at Munganass Alton Toyota. They are in the car rental business. Uh, they'll give you a, a nice, newer uh, Toyota car to get you out on the road for those summer road trips. That way you don't have to put the miles on your car. And you're going to get to drive one of those uh, nice, new Toyota cars. And, and possibly, possibly when you come back, you're going to be ready to uh, maybe buy that car and make it your own after a nice road trip. Munganass Alton Toyota. Find them online, altontoyota.com. That's altontoyota.com. So no crack slippers this week. Uh, I, I don't know if Andy's going to be able to ad-lib um, the intro for... Oh, of course I will. With uh, with that being said, I mean, before we even do that, we want to welcome in our, our special uh, special third voice here for uh, the final segment of the show today. He is Frank Cusimano's outstanding young producer of the Press Box, the Hollywood Casino Press Box. He is Brian Hoffman. Hoff, what's going on? Hello, Joe. Hello, Andy. How are you? Hi, Hoff. Nice to meet you. I knew we had to get Hoff in here because Hoff and I are, uh, I mean, I don't know if I've seen anybody on Twitter more excited than Hoff and I for what we watched last night. <laughs> so it's time, uh, instead of crack slippers, it's time for the first Weekend Joe movie review. Andy, do you have an intro for us? You know movies. We know movies. You think you know movies. We know movies better than you do. 
This is a movie review with Joe and Brian on Weekend Joe on ClavesOnline.com. So <laughs> that's nice ad lib, Andy. Good job. <laughs> so uh, yeah, HBO Max and in theaters, I guess uh, the movie Godzilla vs Kong came out yesterday. Uh, I know Hoff and I both watched the uh, the movie. I, I gotta ask because I'm gonna let Andy has not watched the movie. I don't know if Andy cares to watch the movie. So, I, Hoff, I think you and I are going to be in charge of trying to convince Andy to watch Godzilla vs. Kong. Andy, you have to see this movie. Do I have to watch the other ones first? God, no. <laughs> Under no... <laughs> I want to... Actually, I'm glad you mentioned that, Andy. I'm very glad because I have seen the other two movies. I recently watched um, the middle one, King of the Monsters, on an airplane, and then... I've seen the whole thing, but just recently I watched a little bit of it on like TNT or whatever on the, on a lazy Saturday afternoon. And one of my favorite elements about this, these trio of Godzilla movies is how, how little continuity there is <laughs> between the actual human characters. Brian Cranston's in the first movie and he's like this scientist that I guess awakens this monster that also awakens Godzilla. Like, so my brief understanding is he kind of sets some of this in motion to a degree. And then he dies like a quarter of the way through this first movie. And then is never referenced again. Never. Like at no <laughs> point in the other movies do they go, let's put an end to this for Dr. Dead Brian Cranston's character. He's never mentioned. There's a post credit scene after the second movie where the Game of Thrones actor, like, he, like usually like in the Avengers movies, the post credit scene is like a preview for what's to come from the next one. And you usually see that character. Like at the end of the first Avengers, you see Thanos. So that sets you up and gets you excited for more Thanos. This character appears at the end of the second Godzilla movie and is never once mentioned in the third one. Honestly, I respect it. It is so wonderful. <laughs> well, on top of that too, the only King Kong movie they show before this is set in the 60s. Yes. So they somehow find king kong in the 60s on this island that you know i guess in the 60s you know technology geography all that you know, maybe maybe there was an island that they that they hadn't found yet and they go and they find skull island and they go and they find it so and that also by the way you you talk about the avengers movies and some of the cast they have in those they do have a solid cat because the king kong movie the first one kong skull island has john goodman and Samuel L. Jackson in it. Plus, it has um, um, Brie, um, Larson. What's, Brie, Brie Larson, Larson yeah. and Tom, uh, whoever the guy, the guy that played um, um, Loki. Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, has that. So, which also, I swear there was an actor in Kong Skull Island that was in Godzilla vs. Kong yesterday. It was, I, I, I don't know if I, they looked similar and I, I, it took me a while. I'd, I'd have to go back and look because that wouldn't be possible. <laughs> and what's great is like the recognizable, this, this Godzilla vs. Kong is full of actors you just recognize from other things. So like Kyle Chandler's in it. Lance Riddick is in it, who's, who's a very famous actor and a very good actor. Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things is in this movie. And I, I, so she's in it for a little bit. I swear to God, Kyle Chandler, who plays a bulk of the role in the second movie, is on screen for three minutes. 
for the entire movie. And you can tell another reason why I respect this film so much is like, so there's the A plot, which is Godzilla and Kong. There's the B plot, which is Millie Bobby Brown's character hanging out with two people who are just there for quips. And they're trying to figure out what this one company is doing. And you can tell that they had a C plot, which was this father-daughter relationship between Millie Bobby Brown and Kyle Chandler. And thank God, one executive just at one point said, no, just get rid of it. So so (laughs) there's a two and a half hour cut of this movie with these two characters trying to flesh out because Millie Bobby Brown disappears, goes away from her dad. And at no point does he go, oh, where'd you go? This is at the very end where he realizes she was missing. Like she's in school at the beginning of the movie and never goes back to school. And I, I feel, and I know that that's answered somewhere in this edit booth that they just said, no, it doesn't matter. The audience does not care. And I'm so thankful that they know I'm that stupid because I really don't. <laughs> I, I do, I, I will have to, and I'm saying this now, I'm gonna have to go back at the beginning of this segment and make sure we reference that there are a lot of spoilers. <laughs> okay, I was to be better now. We could spoil, I, I've avoided the biggest spoiler because- <laughs> The biggest spoiler. But, but, but before you get out. into that, I mean, before you get into that, we I, I was referencing the call, Kong Skull Island. You talk about how things are never referenced. Like they don't reference Brian Cranston anymore after no. the first one. They don't reference that. They they don't reference the relationship between, you know, they don't reference the little girl that's friends with King Kong and how that like ever came to be. Nope. They don't reference they don't reference how they got King Kong off of Skull Island into, as you put it, as you texted me last night, into this Truman Show dome that he lived in. They never <laughs> reference how they got this giant ape into a, a, a biodome. Well, hang on. And that's yes. one of the things that I want to know. I mean, they show him being transported at some point. They show him being transported twice. So they show him, I mean, you've seen, and they've shown it in the previews. They show him on this giant barge, which, I mean, for as strong as they make King Kong seem, in in both movies... I mean, the man rips the, the 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 animal rips open the skull of a of another animal that's trying to attack him. He can be held down by chains, right? And also, like the way they transport him is hilarious because they never show you how you get him on the boat. And then at one point, I guess they're in the Arctic, and he's just being suspended by a series of helicopters <laughs> with a giant net attached to each individual uh-huh. one. It's just again. I, I think that stuff is kind of hilarious. And then I'm thinking, I guess if they have the sedatives to knock out King Kong, a, a mul- they don't give a weight, but he's obviously many tons. Would that not work on Godzilla if he's causing issues? Couldn't they just do the same thing to the, to the giant lizard that's wrecking havoc? Which the first city he destroys, like, you know, usually it's San Francisco or New York or Washington, D.C. Pensacola, Florida it's the right. first city that that Godzilla attacks, which I just found absolutely hilarious. What I want to know is, I mean, the the, the title of the movie is, 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 is was it King Kong versus Godzilla or the other way around? It's Godzilla versus Kong. Get it right, Andy. Godzilla versus Kong. Okay. Is there a winner? I, I so yeah. that I so God, I don't want to I don't want to spoil the whole thing. Yeah. Just say I do not want to spoil the whole thing. So I will tell or you this. Set up for sequels. I they. There is a possibility of another movie. Oh, please. Okay. Yes. Give me more of this. There is a possibility <laughs> of another movie. I will tell you that. So Andy, one of the, uh, so I, I guess, I mean, do we, I, I don't know how much we go into this. Huh? I mean, do we just come out and say, spoil, I don't really want to spoil it for people because I did not expect the twist towards the end of the movie. And I enjoyed the twist, by the way, I'm glad we're doing this on a podcast because 
Godzilla vs. Kong proves that the true heroes are podcasters. That's yeah, that is uh Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm even writing. I'm even writing right now on the uh, on the graphic for the show that there are, will be spoilers. So I'm I'm putting it multiple. I'm going to put it okay. multiple places. If you want to, that's so fine. people cannot get pissed off at us. Okay. For this, because Andy, I will tell you this: at the end Hang of the on. movie, don't spoil it for me either. <clears throat> I have also not seen this. Movie. Well, how aware are you of like the God the Godzilla? universe like have you watched the old japanese movies from the 80s and 90s do, like do you know the other them the other mo- which by the way in the second movie a lot of these monsters appear and then they're gone and then never referenced in the third movie like there's a scene in the second godzilla movie where they just destroy dozens of cities around the world you know in the united states they do reference them they do reference them at the beginning of the movie at the beginning of the movie at the beginning credits they show you every single monster uh, every single Titan that is already killed and no longer on Earth. But the other ones disappear. They don't, they just go back to where they were. They, like, at the end of the second Godzilla, they just go back. They don't die. Some of them I, do. The rest will, just like go back to sleep, I guess. And you would think it's such a disastrous event, such as that, a, a well-coordinated attack of prehistoric monsters would kind of leave an impression on people. But it doesn't. Life, despite... I don't even know what the time frame is in years in these series of movies, but in every movie, a major city is destroyed and life just goes on. I, I, I frankly, I, mean, I it's appreciable. It's admirable. So that they just year, will keep doing stuff. Last year, my wife and I sat down, we watched all of the Marvel movies in order, according to like AMC's website. So, so sitting down and familiarizing myself with all of these movies is an option. Yeah, it's an option. Yeah. It's it, fun. I mean, John C. Riley is, he, he is so good in Kong Skull Island. I, I really think, I mean, that's, it's worth watching ah. it to see John C. Riley's performance. I don't like that Kong. And that was, that was like John C. Riley. Thank you. Yeah. He's, he's really good in that, but I, I tell you, yeah, I, I really feel like there was no need for the first Godzilla movie. They could have easily just gone Kong Skull Island, Godzilla King of the Monsters, and then went straight into this movie. Just an excuse for him to smash a city. I'm not against that. I just, I don't know. I, I just, I don't want to. Yeah. And we're, we're saving the biggest spoiler. We aren't going to mention it. We're going to make you okay. watch it. I even, so last night I even tweeted. I just, I tweeted and did not reference. I mean, I think I had tweeted that I was already watching the movie, but I did tweet out just how ridiculous it was. And I just tweeted out the word of what it was that was on the screen at the time that, that I saw starts with an R five letter word <laughs> of what the <laughs> of what the uh i guess the monster was or i guess what the evil thing was and then i thought you know what i really don't want to spoil this for people <laughs> and i and i deleted it and i took it away but god andy it's so stupid and you will you will find yourself fighting to turn off you will want to turn off the movie is it as you bad? No, you have to fight it through it. You no. have to fight through it. Is, is it, it as bad as the Sharknado movies? <clears throat> no, no, that, no, that no, no, no. Shark. Okay, so Sharknado, you go into Sharknado knowing it is just going to be a just oh god, just a disaster of a movie with no. I mean, and that's that's what it is. And I've I've had people ask me like, oh, you're gonna watch that? And it's like, yes, I'm watching. Like, I am not expecting Godzilla vs Kong to be mentioned once at the Oscars next year. It should be. <laughs> and, and I'll say this: 
jo- not jokingly, the mu- the movie itself is beautiful. It looks great. The the final one of the final battle scenes is at night in Hong Kong, and it, it is incredibly bright and colorful. It, it looks really good, but I mean, it's just it is what it is you could tell that they just went and thought well this is what people want there is in the second movie um surizawa like the, the, the scientist who is like the one guy who actually respects these monsters and he passes in the second movie his son is in the third one which is just a passing fancy mention never once how he got involved in this he's never mentioned in the previous movies despite his dad being involved significantly throughout and then He's just an idiot. He's just a stupid kid. And then, or I guess he's an adult, really, in, in this film. But there's so much that they could have fleshed out, and they opted not to because they didn't want to waste your time. And I, I, I'm going to give this as a spoiler. Um, I mean, maybe not so much as a spoiler. I'm going to tell you this. Uh, Andy, um, at one point in this movie, King Kong is brought back to life by yes. using a makeshift defibrillator. Also, the right. hollow earth is a thing in this movie. What is <laughs> the hollow earth? A- oh. Andy, there's no core. There's no core. There's no lava underneath the surface of our planet. It's completely hollow. And there's like a different world there. And they oh, tried okay. to go before with disastrous results, but they find a way to do it thanks to the helpfulness of Kong. But, and I, I think that should let you know, give you a good idea of what you're getting into, where they are just making stuff up about what our planet is. And it's, it's, I, I enjoy it a lot, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I can the, tell. The, the defibrillator part where they kind of realized they needed to shock his heart to bring him back to life and going about and doing that, I I, I think I stood up and started to cheer as because I knew <laughs> that... <laughs> that you have to do like five car batteries, right? Just, you, you have to wait and see. You have to wait and see what they used, Andy. Okay. And the character who did this, what really helped me kind of get an idea of what this movie might be because... You know, you have an like how you budget a film, and you can put it in several different ways. They booked like the third most famous Skarsgård to be in this movie. They could have gone with two of the other more famous ones, the more recognizable ones, but they went with the one who just he looks like a Skarsgård. You might recognize him from some stuff, but you're not going to see it because of him. So they went with like the discount Skarsgård, and then were able to put a lot more money into special effects. Wait, who, I don't. I didn't know who this guy was. Alexander Skarsgård. He's part of the Skarsgård family. His his dad is, uh, or his brother is Bill Skarsgård, and his dad is a very fam- famous actor, Stellan Skarsgård, who actually is in some Marvel movies, but was in if you watched the miniseries Chernobyl, he was excellent in that. So I'm familiar. Okay, I'm familiar. I'm looking yeah. it up right now. I'm familiar with the dad. I've seen the dad in plenty of stuff. I know that I've I've seen the movie It. And I, I've seen that. I had no idea that this guy was the guy, the brother, Bill, was the guy who played Pennywise. Had no idea. And then there's two other ones who aren't in anything. So that, that would have been a stretch to hire the two other brothers who are very unfamiliar. So they went with like B minus Skarsgård to be in this movie. You so see, I thought- kind of a star, but not really. I, when, like, I saw, when I saw him at first, the guy you're referencing, when I saw him at first, I had to look and see if he was related to Aaron Eckert. That's I thought oh, he you was. Know what I, I could see that. That's yeah, I thought maybe it was like Aaron Eckert's brother, but I also thought maybe they're like, ah, we don't want Aaron Eckert. <laughs> we want <laughs> too much. He's we too want much. his younger, more in shape brother. Yeah. So <laughs> for, for the olds out there, it's like getting Billy Baldwin instead of Steven. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Or Alec. Yeah. It's just, you know you'd rather just put the money in a giant action sequence that takes up the final half of the film. Right. Yeah. So. 
All right, so Andy, if we convinced you to watch the movie. Andy, yes. you gotta see it. And and Austell, I'm a big fan. If, if, this is a stupid action movie, but it's presented that way. So I don't mean that as an, as an insulting term. It's a term of endearment, really. And it's under two hours long, which every dumb action movie needs to be under two hours long. You yeah. don't feel like it's a slog. It's quick paced and it's a lot of fun. It is, a, and the fight scene at the end is very, very long. So you're yeah. getting a lot of action. Right, Okay. Yeah. So, all right. Hoffman, thank you so much for uh, for jumping on and helping us sell the uh, sell the movie to- Andy, uh, let us know what you people. think. I expect yeah, will. support. All right, uh, there's Brian Hoffman. Hey, that's gonna wrap up the uh, the show for us uh, today as we uh, we hope, and there, there Hoffman goes. Uh, Andy, hopefully, I, I think maybe we need to, I think we need to make the movie reviews part of a uh, regular thing. I would, I want to listen back so I can, so I can write down that script. <laughs> <laughs> Don't just make it up every time, but yeah, you could, that'd be better too. I better get a text from you this weekend that you're watching Godzilla vs. Kong. <laughs> I, yeah. you'll, you'll hear from me. Two hours. It is. That's, that's one of the biggest selling points. I think is that it's only two hours. Yeah, it's an easy watch. So. It is. So, all right, Andy, uh, thank you so much once again. We will talk with you next week. Have a wonderful Easter with the uh, with the family. Um, you and too. I, uh, God, I need to cut weight. I need to cut some more weight, but uh, Reese's are just going to absolutely just kill me this weekend. Yeah, it's a big weekend for uh, for uh, Cadbury cream eggs and Reese's. And I don't do the Cadbury cream eggs. It's all it's Reese's or bust. Yeah. Well, now they have they have Reese's eggs too. From the yeah. people, they're gonna they're gonna get me. They they yeah. always do. They're gonna get me this weekend. Got to uh, immediately just start and, starving uh, myself and, right uh, now. An, an, an inordinate amount of deviled eggs. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna avoid those too. I'm gonna uh, yeah, just I don't know. We'll we'll see. I'll report back next week. All right. He is Andy Hanselman. I am Joe Roderick. This has been Weekend Joe, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Munganass Alton Toyota, right here on Claves Online. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Last month, St. Louis Acura was the top-selling Acura dealer for new and certified Acuras in the Midwest. To celebrate, we're giving you some unprecedented offers. Get the 2021 TLX with 0% financing for up to 60 months and 2,500 in loyalty conquest offers. Or get the all-new 2022 Acura MDX with 1.9% financing for up to 60 months and 1,000 in loyalty conquest offers. St. Louis Acura, committed to becoming better than ever for you. 